0: Welcome to day 44 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are Numbers chapters 10 through 12 and the last half of Psalm 18, verses 25 through 51. Here's some thoughts to guide your reading for today. Chapter 10 opens with instructions about the making of trumpets and how they will be used as signals for the people. The horns will invite people to rejoice. They will ready them for battle and they will call them to start marching. The call of the trumpets as signals for the people will remain important throughout the biblical imagination all the way through the New Testament. Even in 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul imagines the new creation being inaugurated with the sound of the trumpet. The trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised, Paul writes. The Israelites arrived in the desert of Sinai on the first day of the third month after they left Egypt. This chapter reports that on the 20th day of the second month of the second year, after the Exodus, they set out from the desert of Sinai. This suggests that they had been at Sinai for 11 months and 19 days, during which time they entered into a covenant with Yahweh, received the law or Torah, set up the tent of meeting, set up their camps, and made their final preparations for the departure from Sinai. Now they will head through the desert of Paran. At the end of the chapter, Moses asks Hobab to travel with the Israelites. Now, Hobab is likely Moses' brother-in-law, although the text is a little confusing. At first, Hobab declines, but later in the narrative, it's clear that he did indeed go with them. What's interesting is that even though Moses and the people are being led by the cloud of God, it seems he'd still like to have someone with him who is from the area and knows the territory. With chapter 11, the tone of numbers changes. So far, the people have been mostly obedient, but now the trouble begins. This chapter sets what will be a familiar pattern. The people will complain, God punishes them for their lack of faith, and then they give the place a name that will remind them of their rebellion or disobedience. My favorite part of this complaint narrative is God's response in verse 20 that He will give them so much meat, which is the reason they've been complaining that it will be coming out of their nostrils. And I love the name they give to this place, Kibroth Hata'ava, meaning the graves of craving. Their undisciplined desires became the source of their destruction. Like the frequent miracles and parables in the Gospels, these wilderness stories will not be identical, but they overlap and emphasize several common truths. Here are some of the things I think we are supposed to take from these narratives of complaint and God's punishment of the people. First, whether we want to admit it or not, our faith and our physical needs and life circumstances are often tightly intertwined. Second, our character is often revealed when we are in challenging circumstances. Third, we can often turn to nostalgia as a way of not moving forward and we usually remember the past much better than it actually was. Fourth, negativity in a community is contagious. Fifth, when people are angry and frustrated, they often talk to one another rather than to God. Sixth, leadership is difficult and nobody can do it alone. Seventh, no matter how many successes a person experiences, negativity and criticism can sap all a leader's energy and joy. Eighth, great leaders take those frustrations to God in honesty and vulnerability. And then finally, God responds to those prayers, but that doesn't mean that a community will always escape the consequences of their negativity. Notice in the chapter that God shares some of Moses' unique spiritual gifting with the 70 leaders that are called up to become his support team. It's unclear what the text means when it says the leaders started prophesying, But it is clear that they had been uniquely and publicly gifted by God's Spirit, and that gifting was not for its own sake, but it was given to empower them for the task ahead. Chapter 12 reveals Moses dealing with trouble not just on the outskirts of the camp, but also within his inner circle. His siblings, Miriam and Aaron, are a bit prejudiced against Moses' Cushite wife. By the way, the text doesn't really give any more context than that. We don't know if Zipporah has died or if this is a secondary wife added to the household of Moses. Nevertheless, his sister and brother aren't happy about it, and while they're complaining, they also feel like Moses is getting way more credit than he deserves. God defends his unique relationship with Moses, and Miriam spends a week outside of the camp learning a painful lesson. Some biblical scholars think this text is not just... About Miriam and Aaron, but it's also meant to be read as a warning by later generations. It will not be uncommon in the future for self proclaimed prophetic voices to come along who might claim to be spirit filled and given the gift of prophecy. It's likely that some of these would be prophets will proclaim that whatever they had to say surpasses Moses and the law. This whole narrative seems to clearly state that although there may be some in the future who are uniquely gifted by God's Spirit, Those gifts have their limits, and one of them is that they can never replace the law given to Moses. Perhaps that's why even Jesus will state about his own Spirit-empowered ministry at the Sermon on the Mount. Don't even begin to think that I have come to do away with the law and the prophets. I haven't come to do away with them, but to fulfill them. Numbers chapter 10 is making the point that whatever God may do in the future... It will not simply set aside the unique relationship God had with Moses and the formational revelation given uniquely to him. In the light of these stories, the opening verses of our psalm passage for today, verses 25 and 26 of Psalm 18, may serve as both a promise and a warning. You, God, deal faithfully with the faithful. You show integrity toward the one who has integrity. You are pure toward the pure, but toward the crooked, you are tricky. As we journey now with Israel through the challenges of the wilderness, the goal is not to see them as uniquely disobedient, but to see our own struggles through theirs. So read these scripture passages carefully, paying attention to what the Spirit might say to you through them, and journal your thoughts, your prayers, and your questions. Our text for tomorrow are numbers, chapters 13 through 15. I'll talk to you tomorrow.